If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Air France. I recently flew Air France for Paris Fashion Week, and let me tell you, the experience was sublime. From free champagne in every cabin, meals designed by French chefs on board, and their in-flight entertainment, the French culture is truly infused in every aspect of the flight and made my experience one to remember. The best part? Air France flies to over 200 destinations from the U.S. See you in the sky. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Friend of a Friend podcast. I'm your host, Olivia Perez. I'm so excited to welcome you to episode two with actress Molly Gordon. At just 23, she's appeared on shows like TNT's Animal Kingdom, Hulu's Rami, and alongside Melissa McCarthy in Life of the Party. Her latest project is Olivia Wilde's directorial debut, Booksmart coming-of-age movie that celebrates female friendships, adolescence, and the embarrassing yet relatable journey of high school. The film stars Beanie Feldstein, who's also her real-life best friend, and Caitlin Deaver, two friends heading to Yale who stuck to studying and a heavy course load over partying. Molly plays their arch-nemesis, Annabelle, also known as AAA, the cool girl with a blase personality who notably partied all of high school, but reveals she too got into Yale, which sends Deaver and Feldstein on a downward spiral to make up for lost time. The result is a reckless journey of epic proportions that's hysterical, heartwarming, and sometimes cringeworthy. Cue all of your most embarrassing high school memories. In this episode, Molly and I talk about growing up in LA, what it's like creating alongside your best friends, and how she's tackling thought-provoking characters that break down stereotypical female roles in Hollywood today. Here's my friend, Molly Gordon. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to have you on today. Um, Molly and I are like, I feel like we're internet friends, but we have like 10 million different connections that should have made us real friends. 100%. I feel like I know you. <laughs> we were both from LA, so obviously we've just spent the past like 20 minutes playing the who do you know, how do you the know them game. game. Yeah. It was really fun. But so let's talk about Booksmart. I absolutely love the movie. To me, I mean, I see, I hear so many people talking about it as like this coming of age film. But I think there's so much more to it. There's like so many other layers in terms of what it means to come of age in 2019 right now. Yeah. It feels so inclusive and so smart. Mm -hmm. um, I see like my, my younger sister in high school right now and I'm like, you really need that. A hundred percent. I Even if I wasn't in the movie, like I would just want to be around it in any way that I could. It just feels like young women right now and I haven't really seen a lot of things capture that essence in the way that this movie does. And... It just has such a wonderful, diverse, incredible group of people that put it together. Like, I cannot say enough amazing things about the process of making it. I think when you're having a good time, it really, like, shows on screen. And it totally. felt 
it would it felt like summer camp or Beanie's my best friend. Beanie Feldstein. Beanie Feldstein's She's the lead my best friend. She's the lead. She got offered Molly, the character Molly, and I just wanted to do anything to get to be a part of it. Like I would have been on the catering staff, which is an amazing job. I love it. Uh, but I would have done anything. This part um, I got sent, and I had never. I've never, like, thought of myself playing the, like, kind of more mean... But so let's talk about your character. You play someone called Triple... Her name's Triple Triple A, A, Annabelle. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's definitely, like... She's definitely a sexier character. Yes. Very sassy. Yes. um, Which, after kind of knowing you for 30 minutes, um, feels really different than you. Definitely. Yeah. When I first saw it, I I didn't know if I would be able to um, do it justice. Um, But I think... That's what Olivia wanted. She wanted to cast people that weren't the stereotypical version of a character because the mean, sexy, or whatever girl in high school, she doesn't look like how you see them in the movies. She has so many layers to her. I mean, like, even the line that you're most well-known for. I'm incredible at hand jobs, but I also got a 1560 (laughs) on the SATs. Yes. I always admire actors and actresses because I think that there is a massive amount of like entrepreneurship that comes with putting yourself out there and putting yourself on the big screen and like navigating roles Mm -hmm. and making sure that you know you're picking something that you know is going to be impactful for an audience but also like progress your career at the same time totally that's been like a shift for me in the last like few years where at first when you're you you know first you just feel lucky to have and I mean I still just feel lucky to have anything because it just doesn't come all the time and so many people are so talented in this business but at first you kind of just audition for everything and you throw a bunch of things at a wall and hope like one sticks and then now I feel like I'm in this phase where still like I can't you know pick and choose my dream things all the time but I I I want to now like be a little bit more careful with those decisions right Um, I think you have the ability to be too yeah because I realized especially from Booksmart the joy of like being in something that I I really, really care about, like, is more meaningful to me than, like, consistent work all the time. Yeah, Um, your character was really – played, like, a very significant part in that movie to me just because you did really break down a stigma, even with that line that we talked about earlier about the SATs. I think that there's, like, a world of women in Hollywood that's been built up where, like, we actually fit into all these different stereotypes Mm -hmm. that, like, were made by men. To get to say, like – I enjoy, you know, giving a blowjob or something like that. And, like, why do people fucking judge me for it? Like, I can enjoy it. Like, on paper, didn't feel as significant as it did when we were actually filming it and and then seeing the movie. It's yeah. like, that is... I really haven't seen... You know, you've seen women that are, like, so open about their sexuality. And that's kind of their... That's, like... That's it about them. Like, that's it. To have a character that's so multifaceted and, like, smart and just be like, this is one thing about me is that I, like... Like, I like to fuck. Like, that's what I like to do. Like, that's so many women. And, like, a guy can get 55, you know, blowjobs and isn't called a slut. But a girl, like... I remember in high school, like, the first girl that, like, gave, you know, some... Did some sort of thing in, like, ninth grade was made fun of so much. There's... It's so gross in high school in that way. Do you feel like you had characters in media or in Hollywood when you were in high school that emulated what you emulated in this movie? No, I don't feel that way. I don't feel like I did either. I don't feel like and like so like Diana's character, like Beanie and I were talking about this the other day. Like I've never seen um and Caitlin's character. I've never seen women 
like that just be a part of them not that it's like it's a gay character I've never seen I appreciated that that in this movie where it it didn't define them it wasn't their entire character arc totally it just was a facet of who they are and they had a whole other story that was that was totally exactly because we're I'm not like just so you know, I'm straight, like, right. you You know, that's just a part of who I am that I date men, but that's not, like, the defining factor about me. Right. Um, but I do, I did really appreciate the diversity and inclusivity in this movie, just because I do think that that's, it's the most um, accurate representation of what I think high school is probably like today. Totally. Where kids and young adults have more freedom mm-hmm. to be able to really find themselves and be themselves, where it was, you know, when I was, when we were in school, I could say maybe, like, I had one or two friends that were gay. Yeah, or, for sure. Um, and I think people will find it much earlier if they're able to see it. Because right. then, then they know how to define it. And then they, they know that they won't be judged in some way. I saw, you know, someone wrote that this movie, you know, doesn't have the, like, stereotypical, like, pushing people in lockers. Yes. Like, because that's, I mean, yes, there is intense bullying in schools. But I feel like most people's experiences are just, like, mean texts or kind of online bullying or talking about someone behind their back while they're in the room or whatever. Like, this movie portrays actual things that happen in high school, not, like, the The stereotype. stereotype. Yeah, exactly. Right. Which I think is important to see because it's not... It's really difficult now as an adult looking back at the movies that I saw when I was in middle school and high school and seeing how much they were grounded in a false reality that into my adulthood I had to unlearn. A hundred percent. Totally. I feel like I thought it was so cool... To be a girl that didn't ask for, like, what I wanted in a relationship and, like, was, the like, one of the guys, like, but I was loud, too, so this movie, Beanie, I connected with Beanie's character where everyone thinks she's, like, a lot. People would be, like, oh, my God, Molly, like, you're really loud, like, you have a personality. Molly, it's you, Molly, or me, Molly, sorry, Molly. me, Molly. So, a little preface, Beanie Feldstein's character in the movie is His name, name is Molly. Molly. It's, very, it's very hard for us sometimes. They'd be, like, you, you know, you're a lot. And now I got older and I was like, yeah, I have a voice. Like, I have a personality. Why? And I was like, you're right. I am a lot. It's like, I'm really not a lot. I just knew I was just a little, like, I think a lot of sassy sometimes. I really do think a lot of women had that, like, private reckoning in college, especially now um, with a louder women's movement. I had that personally as well, where I remember um, people, specifically men in high school, calling me very aggressive or very loud. Mm -hmm. And I would always... I remember when I moved here, I was a little bit more quiet and shy, and I like my loudness kind of came back, but I was always very self-conscious about my aggression. Yeah. Um, and then one day I was like, is it aggression or do I I'm, do I just have a voice? Do I just have an opinion? Totally. And I'm not – I don't fit the stereotype of like the quiet, demure woman. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. Yeah. And – You're not alone on that one. Good. And I'm hopeful that like the next – this gener- the generation below us, like, but then they have all the, like, online shit. Like, I remember when I, I got Instagram. I can't even think about In 10th grade, it was, like, all about, like, taking pictures of food. It was, like, hipstamatic pictures of food. Yes. And, and it now it's, like, the... bikini bodies, bikini bodies, bikini bodies. It's wild. I mean, I think you and I probably had a very similar in- entry to Instagram just mm-hmm. growing up in L.A. and being in the, like, in a, sim- in a similar school and similar probably friend circles where it was, like, it was not a fraction of what it is now. No. No. No, now I feel bad because they just look at things like that they weren't invited to or look at lives that right. they wish they had. Right. And that's like the comparing thing is not healthy. I and mean, we all do it, but it's when right. you're young and your brain isn't developed, it's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but another thing that was really interesting to me about this movie mm-hmm. um, was the Allison Jones casting. Yes. I mean, absolute legend. She has um, casted for Freaks and Geeks, um, Fresh Office. Prince of Bel-Air, The Office, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like just the absolute pinnacle of... Bridesmaids. Yeah, legendary in the casting world. Mm-hmm. Um, but I appreciate her a lot because she does cast these really real really real characters and it was just great to see as someone that loves emerging talent and Mm -hmm. appreciates it it was great to see a mix of people that I knew on screen but also like I remember going into like a deep google dive after seeing it and being like who's this person who's this person what are they working on just because that's I love doing that it's so exciting I feel the same way and that like Nico who plays Tanner like this is his first movie he's a skateboarder um It was so cool to have people, you know, and I'm still very new to this too, but like, you know, compared to him, I was like beating our, like, I guess we're veterans, even though we've been (laughs) doing it for like two minutes. Allison is like, is so incredible and creates this, like, such a safe, happy room to walk into. Going to her office is like, I really dislike auditioning as most people do. It's, I just don't do well under like stress and anxiety. And, uh, Funny because my image of going in for an Allison Jones casting is giving me anxiety and I'm not even <laughs> in entertainment. She's the best. She just makes you feel so calm. She's so kind. She You sometimes get to read with her and she's so funny. Um, and then Olivia was in the room with all of us too. And so she just created like the most easy environment. <sighs> and Allison is like cast me in Life of the Party too. Okay. So she is the whole reason that I feel like I – like can even go into another casting room is from her. She's like the best. Yeah. Yeah. It must have been that again, that set to me. You compared it to summer camp. Yeah. I it feel was like, in Encino. Like, how does that work? So it's, we oh, shot so it in Encino. Close to home. Totally. So great sushi. <laughs> that was like the main. So fun. It was all night shoots. Okay. Pretty much like three fourths night shoots. So we all were kind of like weird versions of ourselves. Like they would start scenes at three in the morning, like like, I watched, I watched the movie the other day, and I was like, wow, that scene was shot, like, a scene with Beanie and Caitlin was, like, shot at three in the morning after a long night, and they're, like, so wow. grounded and so yeah. amazing in it. And then Noah Galvin is my other best friend. So Beanie's my best friend in the world. Noah's my best friend in the world. And he also got cast in it. And it, like, what, a, you never get to work with your friends. Yeah. It like, must have been amazing. It was so, Yeah. I I was reading um, a New York Times article that Olivia was featured in. I was really um, put back by something in a good way. Um, Something she said for the New York Times where um, she said, it's remarkable that I'm 35 years old and this is the first job I've ever had that wasn't entirely dependent on and connected to my looks. Mm -hmm. And I thought as a director going into making a movie with that um, mentality, how did she bring kind of that ethos to the set? Because I feel like, it, again, this movie is so realistic and totally. so so grounded that I'm just so curious to hear kind of about her, like, directorial style. Well, first of all, she's the smartest person I've, I've literally met in my entire life. She, And she didn't go to school as well, but she was raised by journalists and um, – her mom just ran for for office, like for Congress. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's was raised by really genius people, but she just takes in like she's such a she wants to learn from from every experience she ever had, and she reads so much, and she. But she also was just like born the smartest person I've ever met, and she owns her intelligence in such a beautiful way. She has wanted to do this for so long, so she felt. It felt like someone who was fulfilling their destiny. Right. She was so happy and in her body. And then, yeah, I mean, I've 
as a woman getting to watch a woman who is the most beautiful person I've ever seen in my entire life. In my whole life. To watch someone lead a set with so much kindness and bravitas and strength. And I was, it was like, I felt like I was watching like who we all want to be when we're older. If I could even like have an iota of what she, like she's just incredible and like an incredible mom. And then yeah, for me, like playing a character that would be stereotyped, like the way I was dressed. The reason I was nervous is that I didn't want to wear a bikini top and stilettos. I don't want to play a character like that. Right. And when I went into my fitting, they were like, you're going to be wearing like those American apparel shorts. The red ones. The red ones. And then Iconic. like a, a t-shirt. And then in the, you know, in the party stuff, you're going to be wearing a sweatshirt. And they were like, we're not trying to, we're trying to make right. you look real. We're not trying to make you look like the sexy, like version of what a guy wants to see. We're going to want you to wear what you would feel comfortable in and if you go to high schools right now they're dressed in those shorts adidas and striped t-shirts um and then you know diana and caitlin watching her lead an intimate scene like that and basically when you do a sex scene or a makeout scene you do something called a closed set but that doesn't always happen and when i and i i haven't even been doing this that long but it hasn't always happened for me, and it sucks. It sucks when you think people aren't going to be in the room, and then there's a bunch of men or women in the room, um, and you don't feel comfortable. And she was adamant about it, and they felt so comfortable. They had the best time that day. It felt like they were just shooting any other scene, and that's a testament to Olivia's like hold that she had on the project. She just wanted everyone to feel safe. I don't know. I ha- I hadn't seen like that's even though they're not, you know, like fucking on the table, like they're, you know, it's it's vulnerable to take off your shirt of and course. to kiss someone for of the course. first time. And she just handled that so so beautifully. I think um, it really speaks to like the capabilities that an actor has to bring into totally, as a director. You take all of the bad experiences that you've had and you say I don't want anybody to ever feel how I felt. And I think she she also took a thing from Martin Scorsese where you're not allowed to bring sides to set. Because I think people don't realize this, but most sets you go on, no one is memorized. And they show up to work and they're holding their lines. And, like, between setups, they're, like, reading it and memorizing it. And it's just not – it's, like, so unprofessional. And you you, you need to know your lines to be able to, like, settle into the character. But that happens so much. And Olivia said you have to – we're not allowed to have paper on set. Like, show up and know your lines. And I think it shows – we're all, like – doing it and having a great time and talking to each other and not like it's about being in that moment yeah exactly yeah i love that that sounds fun Mm -hmm. again sounds like the most fun set Mm -hmm. olivia is a queen i can imagine yeah i can only imagine i mean she just seemed like she even looking at the photos of you guys from set it just seemed like it was a very like loving and nurturing way to do what i consider to be one of the most like vulnerable jobs on the planet she yeah she she also has been saying this a lot it is a vulnerable job, but also we, we're we not coal miners. We have a really right. easy job compared to most of the world, but you show up to things and people act like it's the hardest thing and like I'm going to be in a bad mood the whole day and like make everyone's life a living hell for no reason when we're all doing what we wish, what our dream was. Yeah, for sure. And she didn't want a set that had like no assholes al- allowed. She wanted kind people. She was like, oh, no assholes except for the one that you're given. Like Bright oh, she's like you can bring God. that one asshole. Um, That's incredible, which is amazing. But oh, yeah, yeah, I want to put that like on. I want that like on like a doormat. We should both get that. Yeah. I'm um. But yeah, she just like was happy to be there, and that 
being young, like people just are like jaded and it's really sad. We're also from LA. Yeah, so exactly. You get a little bit of that. But that must have also been really fun um, to film in LA. Totally. It felt like, I mean, I didn't grow up in the valleys, but I but I think right. people like will see. I grew up in the valley. Oh, there you go. My school is in the valley, so it you related had, you related to some of the scenery. scenery for sure. I was like, oh my god, it's funny how how um, emblematic the scenery of like the San Fernando Valley is oh, for sure. to your upbringing if you're in that area. One hundred percent. And I lived at home while I was filming it, and so I felt <laughs> like a high ever. schooler. Again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Best job ever. Um, how, was there like a stark difference between this high school experience and your own? So interesting. I mean, going to high school in LA is just so... Yeah, I mean, I feel like I I went to a very, like, privileged school. And I think, like, this school is more like most of the world. And, and I think, like, as I've gotten... As I've gotten older, I've... Like, I just was so blessed that I got to go to this amazing school. But also, like, that is not normal. And yes. I need to be aware of that. And as I continue to, to be in the world, like... Like, I need to, to, to realize that, that 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 is not a normal experience. I think what I was most drawn by looking at kind of photos from the set, but also the movie, is the fact that you're on set with your two best friends. Yeah. And we were talking about how we connect on, like, how beautiful it is to support your friends. And yes. I don't know why... Like, more than not, I hear people are always surprised how supportive Beanie and I are of each other. Because I feel like there's this stereotype of like fighting actresses or not even that. There's a stereotype of fighting women. Fighting women that women can't that women don't get no. along, and there's like a competitive strain. And I hate that more than anything. I like literally felt Beanie and I went to this thing on Monday, and I literally fell onto a marble slab because someone grabbed her and like said how great she was in the movie, and I was like so excited that I fully tripped. Like the joy that. The joy that I feel from watching people fall in love with Beanie and Noah right. is, like, will fill me up for the rest of my life. Like, I really don't care. Like, I that that's what I care about more than anything. Right. Um, and in this business, there are, there are such few victories. There's so much rejection and rejection and rejection. And you have to, like, celebrate those small victories. And if you don't have people to, like, be around you to celebrate those and – you can't celebrate other people's, like, then something's off about you. Totally. Um, because there's enough room for all of us. Some people feel like, no, this is my job, this is blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it doesn't matter. And Beanie and I sometimes have gone up for the same job. And it's been really beautiful to, like, get to hear how she felt hers went or how I went. And then if one of us have gotten it, like, so exciting because we knew about the project and we're, like, right. so excited to see how it's going to be in the end. Beanie is, like the most supportive, kind, smart person. She also is a little bit older than me and like getting, she started a little bit before me and getting to watch her navigate things before me. And like, I've just learned so much from her. My friend Ben also, like they feel, they're my they're my age, they're a little bit older, but they feel like best friends and also like older siblings because I get to yeah. watch how they navigate things because some of this stuff is really hard. Totally. I mean, besides admiring the four of you um, <laughs> so much for your craft, I have been inspired by you, Noah, Beanie Feldstein, and Ben Platt. She's talking about Ben <laughs> in the prior thing. Just because I don't feel like, I feel, I genuinely feel how much you guys love and support each other. I don't know any of you, by the way, besides you as of 30 minutes ago. <laughs> but just kind of watching the four of you come up together mm -hmm. um, and just be supportive and share that on whatever you chose to share on social media that I've seen in the past. 
um, it's really, really incredible to see such authentic and like real friendships um, that are growing as you guys get more and more successful and don't feel like they're um, manufactured yeah, or, or I don't, competition. I don't, yeah, I just don't feel that no. from you guys. Oh, that's very kind. And you know, you want people that you want you want like your family around and you because like there can be such high highs right and then such low lows of, of course like you you need people that like get you and that understand you and that will tell you like how it is obviously right um how did the four of you meet yeah so ben and i met when i was three years old doing the Adderley school which i don't know if you've heard of course, of course you have yeah deep cut i went um, my sister went oh there you go yeah so we did it for like 10 years like, I fell in love with Ben. He wasn't interested in me, but he was still my first kiss in hairspray. <laughs> and then when we were, like, tw- – well, he's two years older than me, but when I was, like, 13, we wanted to start this theater troupe to, like, sing. It was called the Theater Geeks of America, and it's very embarrassing. But we wanted to put on benefits to, like, support different foundations. And Ben introduced me to Beanie, who's, who he was going to Harvard-Westlake with, fell in love with Beanie, like, so wanted to be her friend. But we went to different schools. And – we started to become friends, but we didn't see each other that often. And then, like, as we got older, we've just gotten to be around each other more and, like, become such best friends. And then Noah I met doing a reading of this play that I did five years ago. We did a reading together, and I was like, who is this guy? And he was my – I was like, who is this sassy gay man? I'm obsessed <laughs> with him. And he was my first, like, new New York friend. Right. And, like – showed me New York and, like, showed me his New York. And he, like, went to, like, PPAS on – in, like, Midtown, which is, like, a crazy, like, art school, like, super fun. But, like, he, like, drank during the day and would, like, go back to class. Like, he just had, like, <laughs> a wild – Yeah, that's, that's New York. New York yeah. So he, like – it was really fun because we were coming from, like, very different experiences. Right. Yeah, and then Noah and I made a web series to get agents. Like, I had agents, but, like, to – to kind of like make a shift in my life, we made this web series together. And that's kind of like how I ended up with my agents. Um, so that's the story. I think the coolest thing, again, about kind of growing with your friends is mm-hmm. how much you're able to learn from each other. Yeah. And I think that there is, there's nothing, there's no like quality in a person that I love more than someone who's willing and able to learn. Yes, literally, that's exactly how I feel. Yes. I hate people that totally, that feel finished in some way. It's like I'm always, right. yeah, it's like, no, every, from everybody you can take something. From every bad experience you can take something mm-hmm. that you learned. Do um, you follow um, Jamila Jamila on Twitter? Oh my God, I mean, learning every day. Our eyes are both like rolling in yeah. amazement right now. Um, she's learning every day and she actually did have this tweet maybe a month ago. Um, where she was basically tearing down people who do plastic surgery mm-hmm. um, and saying that, you know, you should be happy with how you were born, everybody's beautiful. Um, and then someone um, basically responded to her and said, you know, that's unfair to say that because there are people who go through, um, who transition and do have to have plastic surgery to, yeah. you know, feel, who to be who they truly are. Totally. Um, and her response to that was something that absolutely blew my mind, where she was just like, this is new to me and a lot of people in the world and I'm doing my best to learn and I always want to be respectful. Thank you so much for this learning moment. I'm going to like move forward and and still continue to learn and be an advocate and an ally. Whereas I think a lot of people, you'd expect them to kind of clap back and be like, totally, you know, aggressive. Know. Yeah. It was just like I'm chef's kissing right now because it was just this moment of like, 
I want to constantly be learning um, from the people around me. A hundred percent. But I brought this up because um, what do you feel is the most important thing that your friends have taught you in this journey that you've all been on together? Beanie like owns her intelligence and so, she's so smart. She and is and is such a student of the world, like wants to take in all this beautiful new information. I love that. Like I've just learned I just feel like I've learned so much from like listening to her speak from this press tour. She's so smart. The way she talks about this movie, like she could teach like a sociology yeah, class about I read women. A, totally. It's insane. I was reading a lot of those interviews and it I think she said this. I'm not sure who said this, actually, 100%. So don't quote me. But I was seeing a lot of people compare the movie to Superbad. Yeah. And yes, I'm glad that you rolled your eyes because I just feel like it doesn't need to... I think she said this where a girl's movie doesn't need to be the girl version of a boy movie. Totally. It really struck a chord for me because I was like, you know, I think everybody could take something away from this movie. It's not a chick flick. No, 100%. And she had been asked that about... 58,000 times at and that I'm point. sure that's even and, more alarming considering and she it's her brother. Handle, but she like answers it in such a beautiful way and also Superbad is like an inc- like in an it's such an insanely incredible movie that she's also like I feel lucky to be totally. even in the same like conversation about it but totally. also like why are we always doing that too right like let's question why we're doing that yeah, it's it's very interesting. Like I I'm in this other movie that has literally nothing to do with Superbad. It's about three 11-year-old boys and at South by they were like this is the new Superbad. And this is another movie about men, but it has nothing to do with Superbad and right. it's like what it's funny people just fixate on like one movie and always go it's a version of that movie. Right. Instead of it just being like a different movie. Maggie Rogers just did an interview. We all love shout uh. out Maggie. Um, she did an interview and she talked about how much people compare her to Joni Mitchell. Yeah. And I, I'm naive to this because I'm not in a spotlight like that or, you know, I, I will never be compared to Joni Mitchell. Me either, honey. So I would think that it would be something that you're like, like, oh my God, thank you. Thank you, you, yeah. But I, she said something about the fact that she was like, I don't, I want to be me. Like, I want to be Maggie. I don't want to be the next Joni Mitchell. And people are only just saying that because we have the same hair. Totally. And to me, it sparked this whole conversation of, like, why do we find the need to... To put people in boxes of what other famous... Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Especially because we're living in a time where music is so different now. Like, yeah, I completely agree. And I think for what we do, too, like, you'll walk into a meeting sometimes and they'll be like, so, like, what career do you want? Like, pick a celebrity and, like... Tell me, like, what career you want. And I'm like, I don't, I want, like, a combination of, like, 80 people's, like, and I also can't think of someone or, like, who do you look like? It's like, I don't know. But you're asked that question a lot because people want to look to something, like, as a roadmap to, like, put you on that road. But everyone is so different now. Again, it just bothers me so much that people try to do that. So I think it's something right now where I think we have access to so many different portals and so much content and so many ideas yeah. and so many people with social media that like society feels the need to like quantify everything well also because they're used to maybe be one of it like right you know there weren't as many I just think there's so many more people doing what we all do now and so right. like maybe like you know like 50 years ago there could like we all wanted to go this path because it was like this actor or, or this writer or something right but there's like so many people now like there's so many different kinds of ways to do things like yeah that and comparison it, killed me I was like this movie is so ingenious on its own totally it doesn't it but I think also 
turning that question on its head, it's also like there just haven't been that many movies with women right. that are this kind of movie, and that's a problem. So let's hopefully now, like, even though we don't want people to compare things, they'll be like, oh, this is in the book smart genre. Like, hopefully now a lot of more movies will be created. Yeah, in you're that opening world. up the window for yeah. that. Totally. Um, we were talking about this earlier. Olivia Wilde tweeted the other day um, about, you know, urging people to go to the movies and see the film. Yeah. Um, and she had talked about the fact that um, she didn't want the like move the amount of people that have gone and see the seen the movie to be something that doesn't let um, production companies yeah support uh, female directors and female made movies. Totally, I think people don't realize how important sometimes opening weekends are. Right. And I think we all, you know, all of us are like, I love female directors, I love female-led stories, but then we don't always go and see them. Right. And you can't complain about something if you're a part of the problem. I think a movie like this, it doesn't matter because people are going to end up seeing it and, you know, it's staying in theaters and it will, it will continue to be seen by an audience. And and right. it was it was released in such a large way that, like, people in Missouri got to see it and, like, awesome. maybe the movie wouldn't normally get to be seen by them. But also people don't – people only go to, like, Marvel movies right now. It's interesting for me to, like, be starting to do something that is kind of, like, not a thing anymore. Like, right. people don't really go to see movies – and then movies get put on Netflix and are seen by, like, 20 million people on the first day. And it's, it's crazy. crazy. And, you know, they their life changes overnight. But it's like if that movie was in theaters, nobody would have seen it. It's right. so weird. Yeah, it must be a weird time. It's such a weird time. And, you know, there's nothing better than seeing a movie with a huge crowd. Right. Like, seeing a movie. And mo- on a big screen. Oh, there's yeah. nothing better. And, like, you know, I've watched things home by myself and hated them, and then my friend has seen them in a theater and loved them. And I think your mood can change the way how Absolutely. you feel about something. You're partaking in the experience 100%. that it was made for. Totally. But, like, there's just so much television now. Like, that's kind of where more things are at right now, which is weird. So you were – you got your start on TNT's Animal Kingdom. Yeah. So you were in television. Yes. Do you – are you inclined more towards movies or TV? My dream is to be able to, like, do do it all. I think that – it's fun to be able to return to a character and, like, get, really get to sink your teeth in that. But I also feel like then if you get a little bored of that, it's so much fun to get to, like, be in a new environment. And there is nothing like being in a movie. Like, right. you know, this is all I've ever wanted to do. And, like, to be on a movie set and then get to, like, have your movie at a movie theater that you, like, grew, like, grew up at. Like, that is such a gift. Um, it doesn't... Like, for some reason, just, like, watching it on tel- – I don't know. It doesn't feel like the same weight. Right. Um, well, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely not. But, but it's, it's great to see um, that you are versatile and able to do both. Yeah. I mean, who knows if somebody gives me the chance. But I – yeah, it's it's interesting, like, as uh, – the more things that I get sent are television. Like, there's just so much television. There's, like, a new show every week. I also think you've done a great job at navigating roles, though, that come your way. Because I watched you in Rami. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved that show. I think what stood out for me the most in terms of the way that you pick your characters, there was a there was a lot of synergy between that character and your character in Booksmart. Too. Yeah, for sure. Um, That's interesting. I haven't thought of it. That I because well, maybe because I watched them back to back. Sorry, I've been stalking Molly for about the past two weeks <laughs> and maybe upwards of two years. <laughs> um, but so, I think that to me, both characters were very unexpected and. 
extremely out of the box. Like, yeah. you were not, in both movies, you were not what I ever thought you would be. Yes. In the show, she kind of comes off as, like, this nice Jewish girl who, like, lives with her grandpa. Yeah. And I kind of expected you to be, um, like, very kind of put together. And you seemed very demure in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the two of you have, have like, a falling out almost when uh, Molly takes ecstasy and... Rami doesn't want to, and she's like, well, I want to have a fun night, so bye. Yeah, yeah, Um, (laughs) And I was like, whoa, didn't see that one coming. Yeah. Um, But so both both of these characters um, had a lot of layers to them. Yeah. Which I think, to me, I was really sitting down and thinking, like, okay, what goes into you looking at a script and being like, this character is for me? I think I might be different than other people in this. I don't care, like, the size of something, or some people just want to be, like, the lead I am a little bit more shy, so I think I just enjoy, you know, I also don't enjoy that maybe as much, or I'm not ready for that. If I'll, like, have two lines. If I think there's, like, if I think the project's really interesting, if they're, like, people I want to work with, and if I feel like it's a real person. Yeah, for sure. Both of those roles were so grounded in. Like, the first time I felt like I got to be a real... Reality. Especially as, like, a young person, you're, put, you're like, the annoying daughter, or like, the sexy daughter, or like, the like yes. they both felt like real people, and I worked, like, three days on Rami, and it was, like, three of the most fulfilling days of my life, like, they, he has become a good friend, all of them were so lovely, and, yeah, I just got to play, like, the Jewish girl that, like, does drugs, <laughs> and is, like, and, like, parties and has fun, and is, like, real rather than the, like, idea of like the Jewish girl that like doesn't touch anybody or like but but, I don't know it just I got to be like a real human being and we got to improv I love to improv so I love working with people in comedy that like allow that um I don't know how you improv (laughs) it's the most like the if someone says to me improv there is nothing that terrifies me more well you're doing that right now you're improvising right now hi that's (laughs) hi hi you're in improv no that's like a reframing for me I used to be like nervous and then I was like wow my one thing in life that I feel really strong about is that I could have, like, a conversation with a doorknob. Right. And that's, that's me just cool. improvising. Like, right. That's cool. That, you know, not like you have to have zingers all the time. Like, just have conversations. Right. Yeah. But you're really drawn, drawn towards comedy improv. Yeah. I mean, I would love to do I, – I would love to – I don't really know if, if there was a drama that would allow for a lot of improv. But I, I would love to do, like, an intense drama. I just – as a kid, I grew up watching SNL with, you know, I would leave parties early to climb into bed with my, I'm an only child, to climb into bed with my parents and watch SNL. Big mood. Yeah, that was my mood. Um, you know, so. Is that, would you say that's kind of like a pinnacle of success for you? Is that a dream? Um, I can't do impressions and that's also like okay, a big part a big of thing, the show. Yeah. But I, I love to watch it and Heidi um, Gardner is like the new girl last year on the show. She's a friend and like getting to watch her kill it is extraordinary. Um I would love to make a new kind of, like, a new sketchy thing with all my friends. Like, that's a dream that I have. Um, Booksmart showed me, like, that I want to continue to work with my friends. And I think we're getting to a point where we realize, like, hey, we can, we also can, like, start to create our own things in that way. Absolutely. And I think now more than ever we have the ability to make things and share it with the world, which is both amazing but also scary at the same time totally but you're pretty active on social and I feel like you yeah you definitely have a voice and you definitely have your own well it's weird because I feel like I've I didn't have an open Instagram and Animal Kingdom asked me to to Mm. open it and it was like food and like my parents and like it was a very different vibe and 
they were like, we think you should open it. And then I just had it. And I don't like it. But then, and I deleted my Facebook in nine. I had a Facebook for like three months right. and I deleted it. I didn't like it. But then it's been my way of like sometimes communicating with people mm-hmm. from other projects or meeting yeah. people. And it weirdly, like I think in casting is part of the conversation now, which is like such a weird thing too. It definitely is. I mean, I'm not in entertainment, but the amount of times that I hear that like someone got a role because they have like a million followers 100%. and not because of their talent. Or like is... what's, and more than not, someone will say, oh, I love your online presence. And you're like, I didn't even think about it as a presence. Right. But, um, but okay. But okay. But I think like the, you know, how I found you is you just have such beautiful taste. And I also think I oh, loved, like, you. the restaurants that you were – I was, like, <laughs> I – it's also really cool to, like, learn from people. Right. Like, learn um, – there's so much information on there. Right. And, like, that's how I use it for it. I think, like, where it can get weird is if you're if you're using it in a kind of, like, exploitative place. Yes, or agreed. Yeah. Or, like, you know, for what we do, too, it's, it's so – my job is so inconsistent – like, I was very lucky to have worked a lot this year, but, like, I've had a year where I worked, like, one month, and I think, like, you can have a very false reality of how someone's life is from this. Right. And think, like, oh, my God, they're... Yeah, the yeah. highlight real idea. Exactly. When, like, they're, like, crying in bed. Right. Um, watching The Handmaid's Tale, like, devastated. Um, that'll be me. Shortly. Yeah, I that'll be, be crying. Me I mean, I'll be crying in excitement, but... <laughs> yeah. What do you do to detox? I... Yeah, I just love... I, like... I have such beautiful... I know it's like I was talking friends. about friends. I just love friends. I'm very, very, very close with my parents. So it's a lot of watching movies and hanging out with them. I'm a, like food, like foodie, trying new restaurants. That's kind of my, my vibe. Meet my dream girl, Molly Gordon, <laughs> Jewish actress from Los Angeles who lives in the Palisades and hangs out with her parents and eats and is a foodie. <laughs> yep, that's it. We're good. What do you do? What do I do? I'm a big reader. I'm like going through books all the time. What are you reading right now? I am reading Conversations with Friends. Okay. But I just finished Shoe Dog. I know I'm like 10 years late on that one, but um, I think it's like one of those timeless reads for sure. That's I love wonderful. it. Yeah. I don't reader. read at all. I like if read I, scripts. I was going to say, you yeah. have scripts. Different. I read scripts. Uh, no, but I, I just started, so I, I'm dyslexic. Okay. Fun fact. But I, it's gotten like better as I've gotten older, but as a kid, I was so embarrassed that I couldn't. Like, they would, they would go around in class, like, to read out loud. And I would leave and go to the bathroom, so they would skip me. And, like, in third grade, I had the book, like, upside down. When they, like, looked and they could real, figure it out that, like, I didn't know what was going on. Um, but I'm okay. And now I can. And now, like, you know, in read-throughs, I'm totally fine. Yeah. But, uh, but I was, it kind of, like, just about to ask how that, um, how that kind of plays into your role as an actress now. I think that what we're talking about, of like, anxiety and fear, like, yeah. I was, when I'm scared, I can't. I used cause when I was a kid I was like a little nervous about it I couldn't do it and then when I got older I was like you know what I'm fine and if I fuck up a word like yeah. who the fuck cares is yeah. there something specific that you're like most anxious about when it comes to you um driving your own career I think that yeah I feel exactly what you feel I think that it's there are such beautiful moments and then I you know you're just scared you're not going to have another job yeah because there's no and so, like, you know, saving your money and making sure, you know, when you have a nice Learn job. Learn those things early. Exactly. Like, because it's not consistent. You can have a huge job and have a huge yeah. press tour and it does so well, but then you won't have a job for like, two years. It's like, it's really scary. scary. Um, so I think the biggest thing for me is to, like, not put my confidence on 
the work. Like, confidence is like holding mercury in your hand. Like, it's, you never have, it's like, right. it's fleeting. It never happens. But, like, you have to feel good with yourself. And then when you walk into a room, like, if they don't want to give you the job, like, it's okay. If you go in, like, desperate and, like, you're not going to get it. Like, you need to just, like, go in being, like, okay, like, if this happens, it happens. But if not, I'm working on, I'm writing a sketch show with my friends right. or I'm, you know, going on an adventure or it's I'm... not putting all your eggs in one basket. Totally. You, yeah. I really admire that you do so many things. I think you, you have to live, like, a full life. I think you... People are like, I can only be an actress. I don't think that's true. I think even if you don't want to have a job, you have to have other things that make you happy you can't just have one thing that makes you happy. It doesn't work that way. So I think that, like, to lean into other things that I like to do. I love that. Yeah. I'm so excited about your next movie, Good Boys. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Where are you <laughs> in that process? It comes out in August. It's produced by Seth Rogen. It's produced by Seth Rogen, and it's very inappropriate, and that's really... <laughs> and it's me, three 11-year-old boys, and this lovely lady, Midori, who's my age. Um, right. So it was just... And I did it right after Booksmart. I, that is what I'm most curious about in this yeah. whole thing, is like going from a movie that is so fiercely feminine mm-hmm. to then a, a, a set where it's like about boys in middle school. Tell us a little and bit about And I'm an me. only child, so I didn't have like that young male energy around me. Right. They are kooky, lovely boys. It was definitely hilarious because they would, we would be saying things and then they'd go, Molly, what does that mean? And I would have to decide if I wanted to own the fact that I told them what this thing was for the rest of my life. And I'd be like, no, I'm going to let their mom, like, handle, handle that. that question. But other than that, it was, like, super fun. They actually, speaking of fear, they're fearless. They're before any of those anxieties. So the director would be like, try this line. Because in comedies, you do a lot of alts. And they would go, okay. And I go, oh, how will I say this line? Like, I think about it. They would just they go just right go. into it. And that was really inspiring to be like, let me get back to that, like, 11-year-old joy mm-hmm. that I used to have where I just didn't care what people felt. I love that. But it's a, it's a wild ride. Yeah, it's interesting. And it's celebrating male friendship. And this is celebrating female friendship. And, um, and I personally, like, you know, I'm a woman. I want more female stories. But I'm also not from the camp. You know, I get asked the question a lot, like, so do you only want to work with women? And I feel like that's the same kind of backwards thinking so many men have championed me or been kind to me and so many women have been assholes but working with women was like the most special experience in the world like I want that more in my life and I'm hopeful that I can choose projects that you know have more women in the leading position but I also feel like this was a fun different kind of thing and um you know it was two first-time directors who were writers from the office and like getting to be a part of their new thing was cool too yeah and it comes out in August it comes out in August yeah I'm I and I'm really interested like what age group will see it's I don't know if you've ever seen this movie Stand by Me it's like an old movie about a male friendship of like young guys I haven't. um it's like I would say it's like an homage to that movie but with like a little bit of like sausage party and all it's like it's it's definitely very <laughs> oh my God. inappropriate wow very yeah. excited it's like in a movie you see at like twelve o'clock at night twelve a.m. um not sober no like have a little weed before <laughs> and just go laugh <laughs> um. I obviously haven't seen the movie, yeah. but just based on the trailer, I think it's interesting you, as one of the only females in the film, yeah. speaking with young men. How old are they in the movie? They're so like, like 11, 12. 11, yeah. 12. Mm-hmm. Um, but that to me brings up a really interesting conversation on like the way we raise men in 2019. To- a thousand percent. I felt, yeah, that's what I was excited about with the movie is that, you know, we're saying they're making a lot of jokes 
throughout the film about sex and you know they're they're at that time where like everything makes you laugh like, right the word fuck makes you laugh and everything is like an adventure that you're totally about to unfold and find out some crazy truths but yeah. to get to work with these young guys and you know I, like I have a tampon in my purse and they're like laughing and I was like never make fun of a girl for that like yeah. that's and and getting to like be a part of that moment for like a second was a little bit was felt nice right and in the movie um their traject their like journey starts because they were spying on us. Um, and we're saying, like, you can't spy on, on you can't do that. Right. Um, obviously, it's, like, on a greater scale and, like, funny and not, you know, real. Totally. But, but uh, it is an important commentary. And there is a very, very important discussion about that today, especially, like, post-Me Too movement. Yeah, exactly. The reason some of these men are so fucked up is because they weren't told when they were kids right. that this wasn't okay. Or they were egged on by other men that that was the behavior that they were supposed to do. Um, right. You know, I feel like... How how do you expect someone to change if they're not, like, told that their behavior is bad? Absolutely. Um, and so I'm hopeful that that male gender... I mean, there are three lovely guys. Jacob Tremblay is literally, like... He is a 75-year-old man. In, like, a 12-year-old's body. He Jacob looked, Tremblay he, was so in tiny, but yeah, room, room, just in case anybody doesn't yeah. know. And if you don't still know, Google it. Yeah. Um, but yes. A I'm, very different film. Very different film, but I, I think is going to obviously be hysterical and probably open up more conversations about what we just talked about. Yeah. yeah. And then it's also just like dumb in a great way. <laughs> it's a great summer film. Great summer film. Okay, so we're excited to see that in August. Can't wait. Yeah. My last question for you is... If you follow Molly on Instagram, she sings a lot with Ben, and it's the best thing ever. And <laughs> there was a Hanukkah song that got me through the holidays, and I just need to make sure that we're going to get more, like, holiday-inspired songs yeah. in the future. Ben just actually brought that up to me last week. Oh, perfect, we great. really behind on our... Yeah. Perfect, great. That's all I, I have for you, bye. Yeah, there you I'm go. Kidding. My dream <laughs> is that we can be, like, the face of some, like, Jewish brand, but I don't – or, like, a Jewish brand of matzah that we could write jingles for, but I – so I'm putting that in out into the world – to that, circle back. I mean, it's fine. I'm, I don't yeah. know who's going to listen to this, but if they are, you know, you can hit her up. Yeah. Follow Molly on Instagram. She's Molster G. Um, <laughs> and her movie, Book Smart, is out now in theaters, and you can see Good Boys in August. Thank you so much for having of me. Of course. Thanks for coming on. For more, subscribe to the Friend of a Friend podcast on the Apple Podcast page and our newsletter on friendofafriend.com. 